This is Mike Linstead, president and co-founder of the Nehemiah Project, and you are listening to the Nehemiah Project podcast, where we replace hopelessness with hope. Well, we're back today on our podcast series entitled Biblical Answers to Modern Questions. We're going to be taking a look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 23 through 33. And as usual, I'm here with my buddy, my pal, my pastor, Mr. Pastor Chad Wiles. <laughs> Mr. Up, pastor, Mr. How pastor, how are you? <laughs> That's a, a double title right there. That is double talk right there. <laughs> Mr. Pastor Sir Chad Wiles, how art thou? <laughs> there you go. I'm good, man. It's, good. It's a good day. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, man, I'm excited to to finish up this section on the topic of the gray areas, right? Mm-hmm. We're talking about the liberty of Christians, yeah. uh, the, the freedom in Christ, if right. you will. Uh, what do we mean by the freedom in Christ? We mean that we don't live by the ceremonial aspects of the Mosaic law. Mm-hmm. We're not um, Old Testament Jews, right? We're New Testament Christians. Right. Um, however, has fulfilled that law. Yes, Christ has fulfilled that law on our behalf. However, uh, as we discussed at length in last week's podcast episode, the Apostle Paul does remind the Corinthian church, and by extension us, mm-hmm. of what happened with the Israelites in the Old Testament when they thought, just because they were the chosen people of God, yeah. that they were getting in the kingdom. Yeah. That the fact that they were an Israelite was enough. And so they abused the freedom that they had, although their freedom was somewhat limited in comparison to ours because they had the conditional mosaic covenant Mm. um they nonetheless abused that that right as the children of god and so we talked about you know um today's sort of application to that you know if you were uh, someone that's grown up let's say in a christian family um, that doesn't make you a christian Mm -hmm. if you're someone that attends a building for one to two hours every sunday that doesn't make you a Christian. Mm-mm. If you grew up going to youth group as a child, that doesn't make you a Christian. Right. The only thing that makes you a Christian is the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and faith in his name. And even Paul in Ephesians 2 says, that faith is not your own doing. It's a gift of God. That's right. And so we, we're just going to be finishing up the section that Paul started way back in chapter 8 of 1 Corinthians on this idea of operating in the margin, right? Operating in the gray areas. How do we make decisions concerning things that the Bible doesn't actually explicitly talk to? Yeah. And so we're going to we're going to finish that up, but before we read the text, Chad, do you have any sort of preparatory comments? Well, I'm I'm just very grateful uh, that the Lord gives us wisdom uh, for life because as we're talking about gray areas, um, those who do not even believe in Christ can have knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. We have scientists, we have inventors, we have people who, in God's common grace, have been able to do a lot of wonderful things without a faith in Christ. You can have knowledge. But the breakdown is you can't have wisdom without the fear of the Lord because mm-hmm. the Lord is the one who gives wisdom, and wisdom is the understanding of what to do with the knowledge. Yeah. And here in this section today, Paul has given us some wisdom to understand how to operate with those um, who are coming out of maybe false idols, false teachings, Mm -hmm. that we are free, yet there is wisdom that we should uh, utilize to be loving and gracious to those that may have some false beliefs Mm -hmm. in order order for the purpose of them understanding the true gospel. And so 
I think this is very helpful. I'm, I'm appreciative of this, these types of texts because the black and whites are easy, but when you get into operating in everyday life, sometimes yeah. it can feel like I don't know what to do in these situations. And so Paul's given us one of those situations. Yeah, I'm just kind of reminded of uh, Jocko Willink, you know, uh, the, uh, the great ex-Navy SEAL who is, uh, he's written a number of books now, yeah. but I've read a few of them. Um, they're all on business and operations and stuff. And he always recounts his stories, you know, at the Battle of Ramondi in Iraq and, mm-hmm. and all these, you know, really intense situations. Yeah. And he always mentions the training that he underwent as a Navy SEAL, prepping him mm-hmm. for the possibility of these scenarios. But he always also mentions that there are scenarios that, that come up in, uh, you know, during war that you're not prepared for necessarily in your training. Right. But you have to take the principles that you've learned from your training right, to apply and use how to and, and understand how to use them and apply them in new situations. Right. Yeah, that's so good. And, and essentially, Christian, you know, the Bible is your training manual. Mm-hmm. Right. In, in one sense, mm-hmm. it trains us for life and godliness here on earth. Right. right. And so there are principles that we can take into these so-called gray areas of life and apply them mm-hmm. and thus operate in a way that glorifies and honors God. Right. And so uh, just a quick reminder before we read the text, the primary example that Paul is using that was brought up by the Corinthian church is this whole, uh, this whole situation of food that has been sacrificed to idols mm-hmm. and its consumption or lack thereof by a Christian. Mm-hmm. And so um, I'll just bring that back to your memory and we'll read the text and then we'll, we'll get into it. Okay, Chad, so I'll read verses uh, 23 through 27, and then you pick up and finish us off here, okay? All right. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, starting at verse 23. All things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. Let no one seek his own good, but the good of his neighbor. Eat whatever is sold in the meat market without raising any question on the ground of conscience. For the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. If one of the unbelievers invites you to dinner and you are disposed to go, eat whatever is set before you without raising any question on the ground of conscience. But if someone says to you, this has been offered in sacrifice, then do not eat it for the sake of the one who informed you and for the sake of conscience. I do not mean your conscience, but his. For why should my liberty be determined by someone else's conscience? If I partake with thankfulness, why am I denounced because of that for which I give thanks? So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Give no offense to Jews or to Greeks or to the church of God. Just as I try to please everyone in everything I do, not seeking my own advantage, but that of many, that they may be saved, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. Okay, so Paul finishes up, like I mentioned, this section that covers two chapters on this question of Christian liberty. Mm -hmm. And essentially, what he's doing is basically summing up his teaching. In verse 24, and in in verse 23 and verse 24, I should say, Mm -hmm. uh, we see the principles that are really the operative principles in the gray areas. Mm -hmm. It's literally this. Let no one seek his own good but the good of his neighbor right? That is how we are to approach our interactions with other people. Mm -hmm. We are always to prefer others over ourselves. Mm -hmm. That's very difficult to do. I would say it's impossible to do without the Holy Spirit of God within you. And so verse 24 then regulates essentially every decision that a Christian has 
to make mm-hmm. concerning their interaction with other people. And then verse 31 gives the right motivation for the decisions that Christian make, Christians make. It is, we should do everything to the glory of God. Right. And to give a little background here, there, there was a ritualistic practice within this area where, the, where Corinth was of sacrificing meat to idols. And so that's why you see there when he says, um, eat whatever's put in front of you unless they say it's been sacrificed. Yeah. And it's not for your own conscience. You know, you know those idols don't actually exist. You know yeah. that that's, those are false gods. You know those are not the one true God. So you can eat the meat, whatever. However, if the person you're eating with does feel like there's some truth in that sacrifice, then you abstain from eating, not because it's going to corrupt your conscience, but you're trying to educate theirs. Yeah. And you're saying, well, I'm not going to partake in false idol sacrifice. Yeah, I guess this is a good time to bring up chapter 8 again because mm-hmm. this is where Paul really deals with this whole thing. So in our text today is really just sort of reiterating what he's already said, but I'll go back to chapter 8 and read verses 4, uh, let's see, 4 through 12. It says this, Therefore, as to the eating of food offered to idols, we know that an idol has no real existence mm-hmm. and that there is no God but one. So some of these Corinthians, right, were thinking right. that the food itself could be actually polluted or possessed by these demons, right? Mm-hmm. That, you know, these Corinthians actually used to worship unknowingly, right? right. So Paul's saying, no, like, it's just meat, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, demons don't possess meat, okay? That's what effectively what he's saying. And I'll skip down here uh, to verse 7. He says, however, not all people possess this knowledge, mm-hmm. right? Like, not all people who have just recently been converted to Christianity yeah. within the Corinthian church understand that. They, they still yeah. are under this I, this idea that would say, no, that meat has been sacrificed to idols and it, it has some sort of possessive element mm-hmm. pertaining to the idol, right? And if I partake in that, you know, that means I'm actually worshiping the idol or mm-hmm. I'm taking that demon or that idol into my soul. Mm-hmm. Where Paul says, okay, if a person thinks that way, then you need to respect that. And you, although you know that that's actually not true, mm-hmm. need to forego your right, you need to forego your freedom, your liberty in Christ for the sake of the other brother's conscience. Because mm-hmm. in verse 12 of chapter eight, Paul says, thus sinning against your brothers and wounding their conscience when it is weak, you sin against Christ. Therefore, if food makes my brother stumble, I will never eat meat, lest I make my brother stumble. So this actually... You know, it may seem like a sort of a comical issue almost to us, you know, right. in 21st century America. But at the end of the day, it's a sin issue. If mm-hmm. we were to just sort of say, ah, I don't really care what this guy thinks. I'm just going to enjoy my freedom in Christ. Yeah. And, you know, Chad, you and I likened that, that example to, I guess, one that's more relatable where we said, you know, if you and I mm-hmm. were to go out to, let's say, Buffalo Wild Wings because mm-hmm. you love Wild Wings, right? <laughs> and the spicier, the better. And, uh, you know, sometimes, you know. You're not sweating, you're not eating. If you're sweating and you got <laughs> spicy, sometimes, you know, you might want to have a beer. Yeah. That's completely and totally okay and within your right as a Christian to have a beer. However, yeah. obviously you can't get drunk. Right. However, me being an ex-alcoholic, I might have a sensitive conscience to that, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So in that situation, Chad, you might want to first ask, right. hey, do you mind if I you know, have a Bud Light? Or you might just say, you know what? Out of respect for Mike's past and what he's yeah. been through, I'm just going to do it in the first place. Yeah, right? that's, that's what I would choose. It's just like, hey, yeah. I don't need the beer. 
Yeah. No big deal. Even though you're sweating bullets, it doesn't matter. You I know. Want, I want to love my brother. <laughs> I can have a diet coke. Or That's I can right. Have, I can have water. You know. It's That's totally right. Fine. So, so listener, that is a more relatable example mm. to us here in the 21st century. Yeah. Uh, what were you going to say, Chad? Well, I was thinking of an analogy too. I was, I was thinking something that would be relatable to today. If, if there was a movie theater that they dedicated to homosexuality, I don't know, just making up because that's kind of like the big item of the day, mm -hmm. right? Or well, could you be free to go watch movies there? It's just a movie theater. But would I go? Mm -hmm. Probably not because I don't want to condone it, partake in it. I don't want to because of what I do as a pastor. You know, like mm -hmm. I have to be conscious of being above reproach and all those kind of things because I wouldn't want to cause someone else to stumble, mm -hmm. even though we would totally disagree with that and say that, yeah, it's a, it's a non-existent issue in my conscience, but I would just choose not to go there or whatever. Not to go to that movie theater. Right. You know, just, yeah. there's times like that when you got to make a decision of... I'm I'm not partaking it in my heart, mm. but I can't do this because of how it might hurt those around me who seem yeah, to do it. Absolutely. And and that's really what Paul is getting at here in the, the end of our section mm -hmm. before he ends it with verse 31, where we should do everything for the glory of God. I'll, I'll read it again in verse um, 27 and, and following. If any one of the unbelievers invites you to dinner. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I'll stop there for a second. If anyone who is outside the church community invites you to dinner, okay, one thing that you can expect in this culture, in the Corinthian culture, yeah. if they have meat, because remember we talked about how meat wasn't common, it was more expensive, mm -hmm. so people had to get meat from the marketplace, which the meat that was sold in the marketplace was really discounted from the temples. Mm -hmm. So it came, if it wasn't eaten in the temple, then it was sold to a wholesaler who would mm -hmm. then resell it, right, in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. And that meat, you know, it was common knowledge. It came from the temple, right? Yeah, yeah. It didn't, like all meat didn't come from temples, but it was highly likely. I'll yeah, say it yeah, that way. Yeah. And so in verse 27, again, if one of the unbelievers invites you, a mm -hmm. believer, to dinner and you are disposed to go and you mm -hmm. make a decision to go, um, just eat whatever set before you without raising any question on the ground of conscience. Yeah. But if someone says to you, this has been offered in sacrifice, then do not eat it for the sake of the one who informed you and for the sake of conscience. I do not mean your conscience, but his. For why should my liberty be determined by someone else's conscience? But if I, if I partake with thankfulness, why am I denounced because of that which I give, I give thanks? Mm -hmm. and, I, and I think it's interesting how he says, if someone at that meal... He doesn't say if the person who invited you says it, right? Mm -hmm. If you bring a believing brother along with you, right? Mm -hmm. Could be even what's implicit in that, right? Mm -hmm. Or if someone in that man's family may be a Christian or, you know, if there's another uh, brother there, mm -hmm. right, in, in Christ that makes a, uh, raises an objection to, hey, that meat's been sacrificed to idols. Well, then you forego mm -hmm. immediately. Even if the unbeliever says that, and that yeah. unbeliever has some knowledge about what you believe yeah. and is potentially even trying to tempt you or test you. Yeah. Like Christian, you got to be discerning. Mm -hmm. Okay. Not all unbelievers are cool with you being a believer. Right. All right. Satan does work. He works through people, right? Mm -hmm. He is operative in the world. Right. So we have to be discerning on this. And I love how you brought up that example, Chad, about the movie theater thing, because yeah. the movie theater in and of itself is amoral. It's just a movie theater. Right. The content of the movies that are being displayed there, however, can yeah. be different. Well, those let's say it's just showing normal movies. 
but it's just known in public like this is like the it's been made a big deal of or something like that. I'm just trying to relate to like the temple meat, like where mm -hmm. everybody knows what this meat's about, mm -hmm. right? And you're to for the love of other people, you may have to decide. Well, I'm just not going to go there. Let's say at the movie theater, they're also selling drugs out of it. Right. Let's say something like that's happening. Yeah, that right? too. I mean, that's that kind of stuff does happen. Right, so so that would be yeah. Or I've had a I, this is an actual example. Um, I was some uh, a brother, or I'll say a sister, um, was really up in arms about Starbucks, mm -hmm. about what Starbucks is about and the agenda, and someone had a coffee from Starbucks. Now, coffee's coffee, you know. I'm not saying you shouldn't go to Starbucks. However, if I'm with that person. I'm not going to Starbucks, mm -hmm. right? Not for my conscience, but for theirs because there's something within their conscience they feel like they can't. Yeah. Like, we shouldn't drink there. How, how could we support that? Now, if you really dug into all the corporations of our society, you probably wouldn't shop anywhere. You wouldn't, it'd be very difficult, <laughs> it'd be right? very difficult. You can't shop at Amazon. You can't right. get Netflix. You can't get any Fortune 500 company, essentially. Right. But if I'm with that person, am I going to, like, well, let's go to Starbucks. I'm not going to tempt them in that way. I'm mm -hmm. just going to say, well, let's go to PJ's. Let's go, let's make our own coffee, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> right? Even if I really love Starbucks, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's just, it's these moments. And that's, I think the point that Paul is trying to help us see too is we have to be discerning in the moments of life. Mm -hmm. There's not always black and whites. It, it's black and white in terms of what honors and glorifies God. Mm -hmm. But there's these moments where faithfulness looks different at different moments. You gave the example of, you know, wings and beer. There's moments in my life where I'm free to do that. There's moments when I need to abstain from that for the for the sake of a brother, mm -hmm. right? And then you just have to be discerning and be willing to prefer the brother for the purpose of glorifying God and help him mature their conscience too yeah. in, in the gospel. Yeah. In that way. Paul doesn't say that here, but there's many other scriptures where we need a disciple, we need to invest we need to educate we need to help people grow mm -hmm. um, dr scott he gave this example when we were in this in biblical counseling uh, courses there at southern seminary and uh he gave the example of a guy who had a real gambling problem with baseball mm -hmm. and he became a christian and he just as a young believer like couldn't you couldn't believe anybody would go watch baseball yeah <laughs> it's baseball yeah. right but he had been deeply rooted into the gambling issues that were around baseball yeah um and he and his friend were going to invite him to come to a baseball game and it really that day and that guy was just up in arms like how could we even think about doing that yeah so what they did was they chose not to go to the baseball game that day and they did something else but he used that opportunity to start meeting with a guy and help him work through the scriptures and understand that his idolatry doesn't mean that baseball is bad. Mm. That it's his idolatry that he's worked through. That people who enjoy the game of baseball aren't all sinning. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. Um, and so you take that opportunity, but in that day, yeah, the right thing to do is all right. Well, let's go do something else then. Yeah, let's go a little deeper here. All right, um, because we, we're bringing up a really, I think, a, an extremely important um, sort of set of ideas. Mm -hmm. um, Let's take the, the the Fortune 500 company thing, right? Yeah. <clears throat> now, for example, we know without a shadow of a doubt that Amazon, mm -hmm. um, 
Starbucks, mm-hmm. uh, other companies out there that are, um, you know, Fortune 500 companies are really championing this this leftist movement, this leftist uh, yeah. godless ideology, right? right. Um, they're doing it. And an example is this abortion thing that's also just come up. Like mm-hmm. there are companies out there like Google mm-hmm. that are like going to pay for people to go across state lines to go get abortions. Right. Should I use Google as a search engine? Should I cancel my Amazon membership? Should I stop mm-hmm. giving my money over to mm-hmm. these companies that I know are going to, you know, support things that I don't support as a Christian, right? And I think the knee-jerk reaction is automatically, well, no, right? I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. And if that's your conscience, then follow it, right? Right. I want to bring up a particular portion of scripture that is speaks directly to this. Okay. Okay. And it, it's just food for thought. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're going to reach any s- solid conclusions that we sure. haven't already reached. Okay. Right, right. You need to follow your conscience. Okay. Mm-hmm. Assumedly, that is being renewed in the scriptures and uh, mm-hmm. is, is obeying the scriptures. Mm-hmm. But Jesus, when being tested by the religious elite of his day, um, was asked a question: Should we pay taxes to Caesar? Right. Wow. Now, let's just think about... Caesar was wicked in that day. Caesar Augustus, the son of God, okay? Not Jesus, the son of God. Caesar Augustus considered himself the son of God, Mm -hmm. okay? The august one Mm -hmm. was, you know, the divine one, okay? It's common knowledge Mm -hmm. that Rome did not worship Yahweh, (laughs) okay? It's common knowledge that the government of Rome was using tax money for wicked purposes. Mm -hmm. Here's what Jesus says. I'll just read from Matthew chapter 22, verses 15 through 22. Then the Pharisees went and plotted how to entangle Jesus in his words. And they sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians saying, teacher, we know that you are true and teach the way of God truthfully. And you do not care about anyone's opinion for you are not swayed by appearances. I love how they just flattered him, right? Verse 17, tell us then what you think. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus, aware of their malice, said, why do you put me to the test, you hypocrites? Show me the coin for the tax. And they brought him a denarii. And Jesus said to them, whose likeness in inscription is this? And they said, Caesar's. And then he said to them, therefore, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God, the things that are God's. Mm-hmm. And when they heard it, they marveled and they left him and went away. Jesus just told them, pay your taxes. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter what they choose to do with it. Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll be held accountable for what they do with that money. Mm-hmm. You are required to pay taxes. Do it. Right. Wow. Interesting. So just because Amazon or XYZ company is going to choose to take the money that they receive in revenue and use it in a particular way, that's outside of my control. Mm -hmm. What's inside of my control is how I spend that money. Okay, if Amazon just started going, we hate all Christians, you just lost me, right? Mm -hmm. Um, In my conscience, it's not bothered by me buying a Christian book off of Amazon. Mm -hmm. If it bothers yours, don't do it. Mm -hmm. And if I'm your friend and, and you're around me, tell me. I'll respect it, right? Right. I think the point is, is that we have to remember that all things need to be done for the mm-hmm. good of other people, right? Right. And so when we're with one another, uh, we have to respect one another's conscience, mm-hmm. right? When we're, when we're um, out in public, we need to understand how we're carrying ourselves, mm-hmm. the words that we're speaking, right? We don't want to offend other people. Um, like Paul says in verse 32, give no offense to Jews or to Greeks or to the church of God. 
all three categories of humanity, mm -hmm. Jews, Gentiles, church, mm -hmm. right? Don't offend any of them. Just as I try to please everyone and everything I do, not seeking my own advantage, but that of many, but that of many, that they may be saved. Again, our ultimate objective in the world is to bring souls to Christ, mm -hmm. right? To be the conduit through which God saves. Right. And he says, be imitators of me, therefore, as I am of Christ. Right. At the end of the day, Christ said, pay your taxes, right? Mm -hmm. Even to a wicked government, pay them, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, we hope that this leads you in the Godward direction. Mm -hmm. We hope that this helps to give you some principles that you can take into the gray areas of life. And remember, all things should be done for the glory of God. Uh, all things should be done for the building up of other people, especially mm -hmm. those who are in the church. Mm -hmm. um, and all things should be done out of respect for the brothers and sisters' conscience. Mm -hmm. Chad, any final words before we sign off today? I think Paul sums it up well, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. That should be the question that we ask. Well, we thank you all for listening to another episode of the Nehemiah Project podcast. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Nehemiah Project podcast. For more resources about addiction recovery, suicide prevention, and overcoming other life-controlling issues, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram and visit our website, tnproject.org. If you or someone you love is struggling, don't hesitate to reach out to us by calling 985-205-3022.